the better the publisher is able to tell intent or stratify intent, the better insurability scores work. That's the big takeaway. Excited today to be here with Sudama Gopalan. He is the founder and CEO of Verasana. Welcome, Sudama. Thank you very much, Josh. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Maybe you can provide a bit of info on your background and how it led you to found the company. Absolutely. I had a background in management consulting and then as uh, in financial services, um, running a credit card business. And that was about till about a dozen years ago. Um, and there we used technology data analytics to uh, find the right sorts of um, credit risks and match those to the appropriate lending products. Um, that has remained in me um, since then. And then uh, about a few years ago, um, so by chance, uh, got into the life insurance space and kind of realized as I was uh, working for a small um, direct-to-consumer end-to-end life insurer that there was an enormous um, opportunity to take what I had learned from way back when in the, in the credit card world, for instance, use that to um, qualify prospects for life insurance and make that process significantly faster and get a far better rate of match of a customer to a product. That's what led to uh, me taking kind of what I had proven out at, uh, at the life insurer that I worked for um, into a firm that we uh, that we created um, about a year or so ago. So how much of it is about intent and, and, and just sort of eligibility for products versus that last piece around really the health and, and you know, how good a risk they are or yeah. um, likelihood of you know, meeting the medical requirements. So our take is what the observation we've always had has been that everybody in the sales and marketing space and in, in, in insurance and life and health insurance is trying to get at the best intent and then take those customers through that process. But in this um, sort of situation, if you have an underwritten product, you're going to wait till you're at the bottom of the funnel. That's when you're, you're losing anywhere between 30 to 40 to 50 percent, depending on the kinds of product you have. So our take has been it doesn't make sense any longer, given the state of technology that we have to do intent further up the funnel and insurability way down the funnel. Our take is do it simultaneously, even if it's a course, sort of a triage of insurability at the top of the funnel, it has enormous value in reducing the uh, funnel costs of acquiring that customer. And then you also have a better, you know, a better match of that customer to the product. So it is a better experience at the end of the day and shortens things as well. And so how, how do you build the, the, the data pool necessary to, 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 to figure out that, that last piece, the health piece? Right. So um, there's a couple of insights that we had along the way. In our first generation model modeling, we actually were modeling two outcomes at, let's say, an insurance agency. 
um, or at the at an insurance carrier. Um, later in, in later generations, we then um, had uh, more data to work with where we were able to get at proxies of individual health risk as opposed to successful conversion to a carrier. And somewhere between these two sort of lies uh, the best performing models today. So when you get into some of these proxy data sources, do, are there any concerns around discrimination mm -hmm. or the appearance of potential discrimination? So one thing that we are very clear about is that we will not use um, anything to do with, um, let's say, anything beyond an individual's name, for instance, um, you know, in, in any of these models. So gender, for instance, absolutely does not make it into any of the models. And uh, age, to an extent, might, but it's it will come in because health risk correlates with age, but it won't go into the model per se. You've kind of alluded to a couple of different use cases here. You know, is there a particular one you're you're focused on, or you know, without giving anything too proprietary uh, or confidential away, you know, any other examples in particular that uh, you you really like or think are in just interesting or indicative of where this uh, technology can 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 take things? Yeah, so I'll, I'll point to our uh, our first use case that has worked. Uh, really well to the point that one of the largest life insurer, uh, life insurance lead buyers um, has been able to use it um, kind of exclusively for, you know, the, the, the their, their click buys. Um, yeah. And these would be the, the pay-per-click advertising. Um, so um, as I was alluding to previously, um, this is a case where um, the the opportunity to advertise uh, a click, adver uh, a pay-per-click uh, advertisement is made um, and we are able to pinpoint the better prospects for our, our partner and uh, advise them on how to bid for that, uh, you know, for the for the position in the click auction. Any other sort of insights on future product roadmap you'd like to share or even just yeah. more broadly how this, you know, technology from, a, can impact the industry? Yeah, I think we have uh, a roadmap in place where step one was the top of the funnel. The next step that we're starting to work on is at the point where the insurance application is is sent to the carrier. Um, that's there we want to be able to tell the ones that are destined to not be underwritten as submitted and then reduce the inefficiency in there. And then take that one step further, and then you know, guide us, guide the independent agent uh, based on the set of products they have. Saying product A from insurer A is more likely to give you better results, right? So truly get the product market fit. In a way, it becomes a it's a pre underwriting engine, so to say, for for uh, um, for for agents. So that would be our next step along the way. And if that were to be successful, it gets us into some form of a pseudo underwriting engine, you know, for life insurance. I mean, that would be the ideal. 
I take is that there's enough inefficiency at each step of the way that there's a business model, you know, at each level. So of does, the that, does that does that take you into a world where instead of selling to the 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 the, the brokers, or I suppose even the independent agencies, where you're selling it to the carriers, and because the, the carriers are offering it as sort of a value-added resource to their 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 network. Absolutely. So there is value in the carrier. There is value in reducing the underwriting costs, getting their accelerated underwriting to work that much faster, better persistency as well as you go along the way. Um, so the issue here is going to be the, the 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 more the carrier is, you know, customer has the customer relationship, the more we are able to kind of work directly with the carrier. On the other hand, if the carrier is completely dependent on independent agents, and literally, you know, an independent agent can qualify their their Rolodex of leads, so to say, you know, using our scores and figure out which ones to go after at what point of time, and then use us along the way. They could even supplement their Rolodex of leads via leads that they acquire based on our inputs. Any uh, other just given your experience kind of in, in this whole arena for so many years and what you've been doing uh, with your your current business, any bigger picture predictions, you know, even if it's not necessarily something you're specifically working on, but any any bigger picture predictions where this this type of machine learning or you know use of data or access to alternative data sources or you know, any of those things maybe maybe goes? Yeah, I think my observation would be that a lot of users of data have been sort of what I would call point solutions, whether those be in underwriting, whether those be in, you know, it's a particular, these are nice, clean problems. A problem such as, such as this, which is uh, through the cycle and takes into account, you know, multiple uh, levels of cleanliness of data, multiple um, sort of behavioral factors. These things are, are the harder ones to do. And the big takeaway for me has been that you can, as long as strategically you think about things across an entire cycle and then break it down into point solutions, you, you can, you know, choose to be a point solution provider for solution A, B, and C in that, in that value chain, or just have a, a you know, a thought of, making the change or creating the change across that value change. Well, uh, Sidama, it's been great having you on. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like, like to share before we wrap up? No, no, I think we went through nothing. Nothing really comes to mind. And, you know, delighted right. at, uh, how far we progress in, uh, in the year that we've been in, uh, in business, a year and a little that we've been in business. So looking forward to the future. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting stuff. It's a different, um, you know, part of the value chain, and um, you know, I think the 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 more you can, you know, create efficiency in the way you describe, the more you can kind of save time for everyone. All right, great. Well, Sudama Gopalan, founder and CEO of Verasana. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you.